Blog Talk Radio. and liberating things for me and I think why this thing came to fruition uh, you know I made a big deal that this stayed quiet you know and, and you know first of all you know what I was doing I was um, you know part of the rumors are things fly out of that building and so I wanted to see could I trust this building Um, from 
being around Ronnie and feeling his presence to Tina Turner and Bill Ringworm on that staff, I just get, you know, what dawned upon me. This isn't just a normal franchise. This is one of the iconic franchises in football. And the opportunity to restore that to its glory and to work really hard to do that, 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 that just got me. And so. What's up, y'all? It's your boy, Niner Faithful. Thanks for tuning in today. Hope everyone had a blessed week. Today, Adam and I are going to go ahead and review the Niners-Traders game, as well as go a little roster overview and, and a game over halfway through the season. We're going to kind of just go through a keep, you know, question marker, get rid of over the roster. We're not going to go through every person on the roster. I'm like, you know, this isn't going to be a, a boring show. Uh, and, of course, we'll take any calls and texts that we get. The number to call in is 646-668-8467. And the number to text is 408-785-3015. The number to call in again, 646-668-8467. And the number to call in, 408-785-3015. But before we get started today, so nobody's done this, so I want to make sure that I say this again. Oh, man, I got a frog in my throat. Now just slowly starting to recover. I'm pretty much all the way recovered from the the Battle of the Bay. But um, make sure to go to patreon.com forward slash Niner Faithful Radio. And see the rewards or contact me and, you know, tell me what rewards you would like to see up there so that we can get, uh, we can get confirmation. Uh, I would like to really work with everybody to make Patreon what y'all want, you know, as far as rewards and still making it a fair enough price that people can afford it. So also, if you want to save on ticket purchases, go to SeatGiant.com and use the promo code NinerFaithfulRadio, all one word, and save up to 3%. Or it's not up to 3%, sorry. Save 3% as well as help the show out. That website again is SeatGiant, S-E-A-T-G-I-A-N-T.com. And the promo code Niner Faithful Radio. All one word. Also, Radio AFS has advertising packages for as little as $25 a month. Just go ahead and email me at NinerFaithfulRadio at gmail.com and I shall give you further details. Also, would like to give a special shout out to my hashtag Niner Faithful Facebook group family listening in today. Really appreciate all y'all love support. It means the world to me. Everything that, that Lori's doing over there is, is, is great. So thank you so much, Lori, for letting me be an admin and uh, work letting Niner Faithful Radio team up with hashtag Niner Faithful Facebook group. Oh, <clears throat> my bad, y'all. 
So, before we get started today, Adam should be calling in a few minutes. Uh, would like to give a special shout out to my boy Mooch. Happy birthday, Coach Mooch. For those who don't know, it's Steve Mariucci. I shouldn't say my boy. Like, you know, it's not like I know him. But uh, I love uh, Steve Mariucci as a head coach. Oh, man. Those are great times. Great times. Come back against the Giants. Then, of course, we all remember Tampa Bay, which was his last game coached. But uh, whew, last time we made the playoffs, it's a hardball. But uh, anyway, <clears throat> we're not going to get into that. But happy happy birthday, Coach Mariucci. Also, we're going to go ahead and get into this date at Niner. This date on this date in Niner history. There you go, if I could speak. Oh, really? We played nine games on November 5th. In franchise history, and we're literally like, we only won one game. I believe there was a couple that were tied, but so this is literally the only win. In- Confusion is making enemies stumble. And Alan, Alan, Alan. 
All right, sorry about that, everybody. It's official. I now did get it fixed. Um, I really did get it fixed this time. Um, can we? 
uh, that we're just going to make sure that. Oh. How about now? Okay. How about now? Okay, we're just going through it. Yeah, okay, we're good. All right, so we're going to go ahead and bring Adam on right now. What's up, Adam? How you doing? Adam? Hello? Yes, sir, my man. How you doing? Good, 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 good. good. Uh, I thought we lost you there, but I was like, not again. <laughs> <laughs> my bad, my bad. Oh. I thought I heard a little something, but uh, yeah, I think you cut out for a quick second. Oh, okay. Here. Yeah. All right. I think we should be good now. All right. Sweet. So I pretty much haven't been going into everything because I've been dealing with all these stupid ass technical difficulties. But um, so just to, to bring the listeners up to date, me and Adam have obviously, you know, we we talk at least once a week before the show. Um, we have pretty much both accounted that it was a little bit. Uh, Thursday night's game was a little bit of a um, a little bit of the Niners playing better. I think we we played a good game. You know, I don't think you can take away from anything from Mick Moore or the defense. But um, I think that we also agree the Raiders are a very 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 bad football team. For sure. For sure. Uh, I I'm actually really surprised how how bad they are. I mean, you know what's funny though? Before the game even kicked off, I was like, man, am I, are we going to see some type of plays where like you know it kind of screams out a little of a tank job type of deal? But uh, if you remember the opening, the opening Raiders drive was pretty solid. I was like, all right, thank you God, the last little battle of the bay. You know, it looked like obviously we came out to play for. Actually, was that our first game playing for an entire four quarters? I mean, I know it's against the Raiders, but once again, I think finally, yeah. it was actually a complete, well-rounded game. Yeah, yeah, I know. You know, clear, clearly, this is the best game of the season because even even with the Detroit game, essentially, we just basically held on at the end. You know, yeah. that game fourth quarter was atrocious. That, that fourth quarter made that game. There was about half of that fourth quarter where the where the game felt a little iffy. You know, for sure. And then as we and then, of course, the only other win we got was clearly that game was 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 over. Um, we differ a little bit in opinions. I think it was I think it was that first touchdown after the 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 first drive of the third quarter. I think after that they kind of they kind of kind of mailed it in after that. But sure, even sure, then, yeah. I think people don't realize this. To, to I'll give you credit that first drive. Um, so. Outside I guess that's of all Levi's they really had, right? Yeah, outside <laughs> of Levi Stadium, um, if you stand at a certain angle, you can see the scoreboard. So I pretty much stayed like most of the game, just chilling. We had like our own little like mini party going on outside of the nice. stadium. So I'd be celebrating too. Shit. Yeah. Oh well, we were having a great time. Um, that's awesome. Even the Always cultural win or lose. I'm sorry. Sorry for cutting off there. I just said always important to have fun, win or lose, you know? Oh, yeah, 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 of course. So, you know, we were all just having a blast, good old time and everything like that. And um, 
But that, that first drive, I, I thought they, they pretty much gave up. But that, that first drive, it was clear that I remember looking around like, okay, you know what? We're going to have ourselves a little ball game because I right. bought into – and I think it's – I think it's – okay, so so for those who don't live in the Bay Area or at least California, the Battle of the Bay has never really, really, really been a player's rivalry. Very, I mean, you might have – an occasional, you know, player that stuck around, like maybe, maybe like Brent Jones. It, it might have, well, you know what? They might have, no, I don't think Brent Jones played him as good. I, I don't think that, so I think what people don't understand is the actual Battle of the Bay has only happened nine times. Wow. It was, that. I believe it was 70. I, I had it written down somewhere, but I lost the paper. But it was yeah, basically no from 81 till 94, it was the Battle of NorCal, SoCal, because they were in L.A. Okay, so, right. And then every time from – it was 2000, 2002, 2006, 2010, 14, and then now 18, they were back in Oakland. And there were three other times before they left L.A. So majority of – the Niners versus Raiders was really NorCal versus SoCal. But in the Bay Area, it's always it's always been more of a fan rivalry because, you know, like I remember saying that. brawls every single game. That's why we stopped playing each other in preseason. Remember that? Yeah, well, yeah, 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 yeah. I remember playing every year. Um, I was actually on the last minute unable to go to that, I couldn't get a ride out to Frisco. I was actually going to go to the last preseason game where that dude got shot. I was actually oh, wow, going to the, in the stands today. Well, can see what, what people don't understand is that I, I remember looking, you know, at, at Empire Row, and I said, "Look, we all have people we're cool with that are Raider fans." One of my best right, friends. Right, right, right. Everyone's connected usually. Yeah. Yeah, my best friend that died was a diehard Raider fan. You mm-hmm. feel me? My all my my dad, my brother, uh, one of my sis, my older stepsister, you know, all of them were Raider fans. My brother-in-law, mm-hmm. yeah. So it's more of a fan rivalry than an actual play rivalry, but for sure, I mean, it was going to be a good time. But I bought I bought into the fact that this is like in 2014. The reason I believe the Raiders beat us in 2014, they treated that. They treated that like their Super Bowl, and mm-hmm. we just treated another game. Actually, already we really what we did was overlook them because we were playing Seattle in Seattle the next week. So we oh, overlooked okay. them, and that's how they were able to beat us. Right. So that's what I expect. I expected it to be a, a close game. I expected it to be about a six to ten point win for us. That that's what I said going into the game because I felt like uh, six to ten points. Six to ten points. Jeez. Yeah, I thought it was going to be a six to point. Well, because I thought that they were going to come out and they were going to play inspired, like they, and this was going to be their Super Bowl. You know, yeah, yeah, I, yeah. I expected that. You know, and, and but just off the sheer fact of now, of, now <laughs> admitting this was before I found out that the conversation I had was before I found out it was Nick Mullins over C.J. Beathard. Right, and we were smelling that one a few days prior. Before I found out Sherman was going to play. Right. 
So 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 I hadn't quite found out that in actives actives or and Brita. I didn't know if Brita. I thought that this might be the really going into the game. I didn't think Sherman was going to play, and I didn't think right. Brita was going to play. I okay. thought that the 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 the, 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 the what the four day t- turnaround was just going to be too much. Yeah, I thought Sherman wasn't going to go, but I it, sm- it seemed like Brita was on track at the time. Brita, I'm sorry, but uh, yeah. Anyways, go on. I'm sorry. Yeah, but yeah. So I mean, I, it, it, it's kind of weird, you know, talking about a game that's four days old. Cause everybody kind of knows. I know. Everything that they, right. <laughs> everything that they they know, it's kind of. So I thought we would kind of go over. Um, I'm gonna pull up the roster right here, and not necessarily player by player, but kind of go over since we're approaching the by. Oh, we actually got a call. <laughs> uh, wow, I didn't see that. Hold on, let me bring him on air. What's up? How you doing? Welcome to Iron Faithful Radio. Hello? Yellow. What's up? How you doing? Oh, that was just me. I, I, I don't know what's going oh. on. Huh. That was weird. Hmm. You said the call dropped. Maybe yeah. it was an accidental dial. Maybe. Um, I got all excited. I was like, ooh, we got a caller. Yeah, um, I thought it was going to be Nick for a second, but a little interesting uh, stat to throw out before everybody thinks we're celebrating a playoff yeah. win from beating the Raiders. Um, so, obviously, uh, Jimmy Garoppolo's last uh, start against the Chiefs, um, as we were mm-hmm. making a little comeback, obviously, before he tore his ACL. But in that game alone, something that kind of goes uh, something that kind of goes forgotten, I should say, the 49ers committed 14 penalties for 147 yards that week. That yeah. game alone. And then here's something positive. The last four games, we've committed full penalties for a combined 102 yards. So we definitely are making progress, even though it might be a little step-by-step type of a deal. Well, see, I remember when we did the review, when we kind of did our prediction and kind of went through, you know, before the season, I remember I said that going yep. into second half, essentially – Week nine, I mean, mm-hmm. I'm not going into the whole five-week breakdown, but pretty much week nine is I remember when I told people week – well, really, I said week eight because, you know, I figured we would sure. sweep the target. But yeah, I remember Claire's around day. this time was when the team was going to start picking up. For the, sure. the schedule got easier. You know, mm-hmm. let, let, let's, let's not let, – let's – you know, the schedule gets easier. I thought sure, a little I mean, bit more experience, you know. I figured some things, you know, health-wise, our bye week coming up, you know. Yeah. I, I would, I, I really think that this season unfolded for for the Niners really, really to to take a big step for the fact that we, you you look. I think it's something crazy. Like we play one day within uh, one game within 24 days, or something. It's it, it's something crazy. The little uh-huh. the, the time off that we really have over the essentially the next two weeks. Uh-huh. Oh, right, and right. So because of the bye and everything factored in after the Thursday the night football game and all that BS. Gotcha. The Thursday game, you know, all that accumulated. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We really had a lot of rest. And so I think, I think essentially, I believe that's probably why they pushed Rita and Sherman both. I think they figured that, hey, you know, let's push him. And I believe he was taken out in the fourth quarter. Uh, I'll have to try to find up the snaps. By the I think I think Sherman and Breda were actually. Breda might have. So what I keep calling him Breda. 
Um, Brita might have actually. Obviously, Moser ended up going on IR. Very unfortunate on yeah, that because he's had a couple back-to-back strong weeks. But I think Brita was a little kind of forced in the fourth. But obviously, we weren't running hard. The game was kind of in the bag. We just coasted the fourth quarter in yeah. general. And uh, Sherm was taken out. and was good to see Tavares Moore get a little experience and reps out there and pretty much Carter's time. And so, see, so before we go ahead and, and get a little bit of, of this roster breakdown, um, yeah. oh, I, I didn't get a chance to do this last week. Um, I want to go ahead and, and do this right now. Our team ca- captains were announced, I believe it was before the Arizona game. Uh, mm-hmm. The Forrest Buckner is the defensive captain. Robbie Gold is um, off, uh, special teams captain. George Kittle, offensive captain. Richard Sherman, defensive captain. And Joe Staley, uh, offensive captain. I have mm-hmm. no problem with those. I mean, Kittle is a is a little surprised just because he's a second year player, but I mean, obviously, the best player on offense. He's been going hard and been productive. I think it was well deserved. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm not. I'm not saying. Oh no, second. No, it's well deserved. Oh no, no I totally got what you're saying too. Don't. Yeah, I got you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I mean, Joe Staley, Richard Sherman, Robbie Gold, and DeForest Buckner. I mean, none of those surprise me. But those are our, right. our official team captains. But um, I w- before we get into this roster breakdown, I wanted to go ahead and, and, and point out that, you know, we're, we're, we're kind of on two different – we have the same destination, but I think that you and me have an idea on, on our different paths that we're going to get there. We both obviously want a top five pick or, or essentially – I don't think we'll get the first pick. But I think that no, not you know, anymore. Our percentages died big time. Yeah, well, and that's okay. That's okay. You know, uh, you know, as you brought up, you know, as far as the things taking off in the second half, I mean, I think it's very important, obviously, for to build continuity and guys gelling and you know being in the second year system and everything. It, perhaps it could be a little blessing in disguise. A couple of things went wrong, like obviously Jimmy and Jet, where you know the pressure's off of them right now. It's just once again the very last setting and the foundation. Of course, of course. This, 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 we essentially want the same thing, which is, which is the highest draft pick we could possibly get. Sure. You know, and and, and we are both have agreed. I like seeing Tavarius more. I want to see DJ Reed. I want to see yep. Richie James. I like seeing Richie James over Trent Taylor. I think A, his back, and, and I think that was a, a health I, – I think that was a health reason – but I also think that was a little bit of a production issue. Uh, Shanahan says supposedly that – sorry to cut you off there. Shanahan supposedly said that Trent was just fine, mm-hmm. but the reason he went with Richie is uh, for his special teams ability as well. And uh, I'm sure he was covering for Trent Smith, don't get me wrong. Yeah, 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 yeah. Essentially, I think translated back probably isn't the best. And I think right there you're kind of seeing where the team's mentality is. And, and – I think right there, what you're, what you're essentially seeing is what we essentially both want, which is, hey, let's see Richie James. Let's see – well, Victor Bolton's not on this. Well, he's on the practice squad, but – Right, right, right. Pettis, know, Kendrick Bourne, you know, like Ross Dwelly, all those kind of guys. And, you know, let, let's see um, Nick Bowens. I mean, I think, uh, you know, we agree both that, that, okay, let's see him against a little bit of a better defense. Like, you know – I'm not going to judge him off of how he plays in Seattle just because no. 
you know, Cap, Alex. I mean, you can go through the list of nine quarterbacks that have struggled in Seattle. Sure. But let's see. Let's play, see him play Seattle at home. And, well, good you know, news is Giants and Bucks. Obviously, uh, the Bucks are giving up like the top two worst in uh, giving up passing yards, yeah. and obviously the Giants just traded away Eli Apple. You know, their defense isn't too great. They're kind of scrappy, I guess, for, you know, kind of what they got or whatever. But we all know, shoot, they only got one win, if I'm not mistaken, as well, right? They lost. Are they, are they on a bye this week? I think they might be on a I'm tripping. Do they play? I don't think so. I don't think they did either. I think they might be on a bye. Probably what we didn't notice them. But uh, anyway, the next two games are good games to try to build off of going into the Seattle. Yeah, yeah. You're not, my, my point was is that you know they're they're better defenses than the Raiders, but you know if Nick Mullins, what my, a way to my get point your feet point with though, right? It is well. My my point my point is that going with Nick Mullins, I'm not going to jump for joy. I'm not going to say oh court, quarterback controversy. I'm not going to say oh did we blow it by getting no, hell no. I'm not going to say all that. I'm gonna say, hey, yeah. look, I want to judge him. As, I'm not even gonna say as far as I'm not going to go as far as saying that I think he should be the backup going into next year until I see him against a Seattle, against a, you know, a Bears, you know, sure. clearly. But I, I mean, unless he absolutely stinks up the joint against, I, I essentially. This is how I look at the quarterback position going forward, at least, is that you basically give it to Mullins until he fucks it up, right? Yep. Yep. And then I mean, I, to I, play I, TJ I, again. Yeah, I wouldn't say that that, and you know, this is going to hurt because of how high he was drafted. But I think that. Well, I'll put it to you this way: If 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 I'm C.J. Beathard, I'm I'm renting and I'm not buying. I'm not, not necessarily that he's gonna, you know, he'll obviously finish out the year, but I think that he's too good and too young to if he gets cut. I don't think I don't think the Niners will be able to sneak him on the practice squad. So I don't know. I. Uh... I, 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 you see guys I, I, all the time getting cut from the last couple drafts and going claims, you know? Yeah, I mean, we'll see. Uh, basically, what I'm saying is, 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 you know, let's kind of pump the brakes on who's going to be our backup next year. Sure, you sure, know, yeah. Time will tell. I mean, it's uh, exactly. one of the mystery factors for the rest of the season, right? Yeah, and I think that both, basically what we're both agreeing on we we think it might have different results, but we're both basically agreeing on to right. put out the young guys and put out more and put out Richie James, and things will take care of itself. And so if these players are good enough and we develop enough, you know, we might be able to sneak four or five, six wins. You know, yeah. If not, if not, then you know, really, basically, what I'm saying is the Niners are in a win-win. They're in a win-win For because sure. let's just say we finish the year five and eleven. You know, all of a sudden, mm-hmm. and you know, Akilo looks, Akilo Weatherspoon looks better. Um, yep. y- you find out Cassius Marsh. Uh, I think that 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 um, you know how funny, uh, Adam. I think this is going to be a real trip, and, and you and me are both going to have a laugh on this. How funny is it 
that literally we watched a player that that the Raiders basically essentially took over, uh, basically over. No, I shouldn't say over Mike McGlinchey, but instead of Mike McGlinchey. Yeah. How yeah, important they were forced to freaking trade down five spots to take Holton because it was a little overreach because they couldn't get McGlinchey. Yeah. How important was that coin flip? No, obviously it was super-duper huge, you know? I mean, uh, that's how things work sometimes. You're watching, you're watching Coleman literally be a turnstile at, at, during that Raider game. And, and on the other side on the other sideline, you're literally watching Mike McGlinchey run 50 yards downfield, basically being a personal escort to yeah. Raheem Mostert. To be fair, Colton Miller got hurt that game, which is why old boy uh, – mm-hmm. And our old 49er, Ian Silverman, actually started our left tackle and Dakota Watson absolutely feasted on him. But, uh, you know, yeah. kudos to Dakota for stepping up on his first game back and gave us, like, a freaking, like, four to six pressure or something. I think he had a sack and a half. Marshes had uh, – catch Marshes two and a half sacks. So, uh, it was a good game. But, uh, obviously, I got to take it with a grain of salt. Um, not to do any spoilers, but I um... – you know, Cassius Marsh might be coming up in my um, when we do our game balls towards the end. We're we're gonna get to him pretty pretty quick here. But w- when we do, um, uh, Dakota uh, Cassius Marsh might be making an appearance. But um, so okay, so so real quick, so we can get to our game balls and stuff like that before we run out of time. Um, yeah. Eric Armstead, keeper on the team next year or not? Uh, very tough. He's scheduled. Here's the important thing of reason why he's just kind of up in the air. Um, he's scheduled to make $9 million. So yeah, part of me says, why not go ahead and try to obviously trade him to be able to get some to score to pick. And before somebody says, hey, nobody wanted him around the trade deadline is a little different, you know, especially if he finishes the year really strong. The compensation can be even better this upcoming offseason. But here's the thought. Yeah. I'd rather take his $9 million personally and put it towards – the best pass rusher we can possibly get who can play that yep. right end slash elephant slash Leo position, all three downs. Then yep. Solomon Thomas can go to the big end role. Um, and you got Kentavious Street coming back from injury as well. I mean, DeForest Buffett can play big end. You can even run even Sheldon Day or Earl Mitchell if he happens to be on the team. Um, yeah, the big end position is not too hard to, uh, to get taken care of. Let's just say that. So uh, I think Thomas would be better suited going to the left side and having a true – edge rusher, all three downs that can play that right-hand position. But uh, we'll see what happens. If we keep him as insurance, hey, we got the money. I'm not complaining. Uh, my, my my overall opinion on Armstead is is I think that that if he didn't have that $9 million tag, he would have been traded this year. <laughs> Could have been. Could have been. You know, so, so or maybe I think we just that, didn't want to, you know, screw the pooch and he ends up beasting and then you try to get like a freaking six or something from him. You know, it could have been a premature move where, you know, maybe Lens and Shanahan say, you know what? Like, it's not worth it to go ahead and load for a freaking six. Let's see what we have, truly. Especially considering that we don't make that move. I think that it's smart. I mean, I, I would have been fine with trading him, but I think it's smart until we see what how Contavious Street comes back. You know, uh, we get Contavious Street into the off-season off program, maybe some, some mini camps, you know, get yeah. him into some, you know, some, some type of situations to see how he's coming back with that knee injury. For sure. You know, before well, here's I, another thing, too. Blair is a free agent. You can re-sign him. He can play the left-end spot as well, in my opinion. Exactly. So, um, 
Nine million for Eric Armstead? No, thank you. But I don't think they're going to strike. I don't think they're just going to cut him because his salary yeah. is guaranteed. So I don't think they're right. going to even if you get a freaking twenty twenty six at worst or some something stupid like yeah, don't yeah, stupid zero thing. back. If okay, so I'm, I'm essentially putting it like this: um, if if they can't trade him, he's going to be on the team. Um, okay, Probably. Ronnie Blair. Wait till somebody gets really desperate, gets an injury. Who knows? Yeah. Uh, Ronald Blair. Yay, nay. Uh, depends on the price tags, probably. Um, like you said, good point. Depending on Contavious Street's health, I think he's going to be – I think that guy is so freaky. Um, I think at worst he'll just be a rotating guy or just be the second string of, you know, once again, the mm-hmm. left-end spot or whatever. Um, I don't know. Blair has done a solid job for, uh, you know, the type of season we've been having. It's just very tough right there. Uh, you know, once again, are we going to target two edge rushers in free agency? Are we going to be in a, you know, you know, in a draft positioning where maybe we signed one edge rusher in free agency, and then we target yeah. another edge rusher and actually the draft? You know, that shit kind of plays a role, too. So, uh, you know, it might depend on the money at the end of the day. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but I mean, let's throw I, a number think... out there. Four, $4 million, yay or nay? Four for, for, for one year. One year, $4 million. If Ty, if Tiberius Street looks good and looks like he's ready, um, no thanks. Or or if Tiberius Street or Julian Taylor can prove that that essentially they can be Ronnie Blair. Um, I'm forgot about Julian Taylor for a second. He can play the big end spot. He can play inside a nickel. Yeah, exactly. So basically, I'm going to Ronnie Ronald Blair and saying for four million. Uh, God bless you, brother. I, I I wish you could be a Niner, but I'm just I'm not gonna pay. Uh, uh, All right, three million. Th- yeah, okay, I'll take three. <laughs> three. Yeah, could be good insurance. Yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll take three million. I'll take three, three million. million. You pretty much play all over the line. I'll probably do it for three million, but I'll probably then get rid of Armstead and Earl Mitchell. Hopefully, DJ Jones, Sheldon Day. You know, get a couple edge rushers. I think we're fine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I think it, uh, Earl. Earl. I was gonna get to him pretty quick, but. Yeah, I'll just yeah. I think Earl Mitchell's gone as well. I mean, Earl Three Mitchell eight. and Earl Armstead both combined for like twelve and a half, like I believe twelve and a half to thirteen million. That right there can get you a legit edge rusher that perhaps, that perhaps play all three down. Um. Anyways, free agent Sheldon Day, future free agent Sheldon Day. Sheldon Day. Yeah, well, he's under contract yeah. for I think we have him for at least one more year. I think this is his third well, year in the league, if I'm not mistaken. Okay. Okay. Sorry? So so. He'll be back. Yeah, he's so, super so cheap. He's making like eight hundred, nine hundred thousand. He's uh, yeah, he's uh, keeping him unless you, I don't know. I mean, you'll see. Uh, once again, depending on how the off season goes, he could be some. He could be decent trade bait, maybe. I don't know, but uh, he's solid, super cheap. No reason to kind of get rid of unless once again the deal's too good to pass up. Right. Okay. So we're gonna get the through the rest of these quick. We'll just we'll just go with yay or nay. Um, Joshua Garnett, I'm gonna say nay. Joshua Garnett, uh, I think he's under contract next year too, if I'm not mistaken. Yes. Only scheduled, Wait. I think, to make two to three million. Yeah, you're right. You're right. You're right. He has one more year. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, maybe last hurrah, you cut him in training camp, and somebody else outperforms him at guard. Mike Person's yeah. a free agent, so yeah. that might have a little something to play with. I think he's gonna be his, this year's Cooper. 
I think that, that, that essentially they're not going to keep him as a backup. So if he can't if he can be a starter next year, I don't see him sticking on this team. Um, yeah. Uh, da, 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 da. I'm, I'm kind of going through these real fast. Um, Cat, we, we, Cassius Mars is still going to be back under contract. We both said Earl Mitchell. Yeah, it's an option here, though. Have, and I think he's scheduled to make $3.5 million. So uh, something to keep an eye out for. I wouldn't, you know, I was just thinking to myself, obviously, after the Raider game, like getting two edge rushers and having Marsh and Dakota Watson as your number three and four rotating guys, I think mm-hmm. that sounds like a pretty toasty edge grouping to me. Yeah. I think the problem with Cassius Morris this year is they've been said, hey, Cassius, you're not going to say the Niners are going to be a legit pass rush team because of Cassius Morris. But I right, think right. that you can say Cassius Morris is a part of an elite pass rushing unit. I just don't think he he's not going to be your guy. Um, no, he's a perfectly good rotating guy. Defenses are kind of tired, and you send Cassius Marsh, who has a nice speed to him. Like that's that's a good matchup for him. It is, let's put it this way. Now you also got to understand the Niners probably thought that they were going to be ahead in a lot of games this year. You feel me? And yeah, being positioned, exactly. I think what you saw, especially. Especially in the third and fourth quarter, especially the fourth quarter of the night of, of Thursday's game, is for the first time all year we had a significant a lead enough, a significant enough lead that you could literally tell. Literally, there was no threat of a run game. Everybody in that stadium knew the Raiders were throwing the ball, and I think what right. you saw for the first time all year is you saw us be able to pin our ears back and get out of the court with 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 you know how. I agree, hundred percent. I think uh, John, how John Lynch and and Robert Sala and Kyle Shanahan envisioned our defense and our team playing this year was how we played on Thursday, which is, hey, we're going to get a lead on some teams and we're going to be able to get after the quarterback and put him on his ass. And, yep. and so I think that you've seen that. Um, there's one more I wanted to get to. Um, obviously, you're bringing back Sherman. Um, I, I have no problem with, with bringing back. Do uh, we even Sherman. dare throwing in Pierre Garçon? I guess he could be the last guy, which I don't yeah, think he's going to come back. That's who I was going to get to. Um, you bringing back Pierre Garçon? No, I'm not bringing him back. I think, unfortunately, you have a, a couple million in dead money, but I think he also saved like six-plus, if I'm not mistaken, if I remember his contract correctly. But he looked pretty – I mean, he, he, he looked like he's kind of coming around. And one thing to remember about veterans is – as other guys start slowing down around midseason, the veterans know how to take care of themselves where a guy like him, when everybody else is all banged up, he kind of finds his niche around the midseason. So I wouldn't be surprised. I mean, he had three catches for 56 yards and a touchdown against the Raiders. Once again, no, it's the Raiders. But uh, the way I saw him move, I was like, you know, he could, he could finish the season strong. But still, at the same time, my initial guess, no, he's not going to be back next year. I think, I think Pierre Gasson – was brought in with the when when you see a lot of the veterans that they brought in like like let's just say a Pierre Gerson I think what right guys that knew the system and stuff like that it, it is they said hey we're gonna keep them a year or two and they fully expected to be able to have somebody to take his place by this time next for year for sure and that's why we promoted all these contracts exactly. Exactly. They essentially front-loaded these contracts because they figured, hey, by the time he makes basically where, where it starts to be a little too expensive to keep him around, we should have a player right. or two ready to take his place. Is essentially exactly. what they thought. And I, so I think that That's why Dante Pettis was drafted in the second. 
and what what I think is what the Niners saw as far as why he wasn't traded is I think what the Niners saw is that his value to as as a mentor to young these young receivers and and just uh, getting healthier and production wise wasn't worth the six or seven. You right. know. Yeah, you never know. That could easily happen. I, I just don't hear the report. If you tell me you're going to give me a sixth or seventh rounder, I'd rather just um, I'd rather just keep Pierre Gasson. Now, if you're going to tell me you're going to give me a fourth or a fifth, Pierre Gasson would have I would have personally packed his bags for him. <laughs> but I feel you. You know, I don't think anybody was giving up a fifth rounder for uh, especially after this type of season where you need those kind of guys to kind of keep everybody going, keeping everybody motivated and working, and you know what I mean. Like it's very important, especially during the bad times, to have the locker room under control. And I think that Sherman, I don't think that there's, I don't think it was accidental that Sherman pretty much seemed to kind of go out of his way to give props to to John Lynch and and the coaching staff on keeping it a a fairly drama-free locker room. I haven't seen the things that, um, I'll put it to you this way, Minus, you know, before this week, well, what there was us, the Giants, the Raiders, and I believe one other team that was one and seven, the one Card- and six. The Cardinals before we played them. There you go. So, I'll put it to you this way: uh, you know, uh, Patrick Peterson, very vocal about wanting to be traded. You know, I, I don't hear too many leaks from the Niners locker room talking about players want to be traded. Right. You know, I don't see too many leaks. Uh, with players talking about how they don't want to be here, you know. Right. I haven't had one person even throw out anything negative, like, oh, it just looks like we're not playing hard enough, or they don't want it hard enough. Like, I haven't heard one of those comments either, you know. Yeah, I have not heard. There's not one time this year that I can, like, you know, I don't like to use the word quit because I believe these are professional athletes, and, and you know, that's their pride and their livelihood on the line. No, but, but they are human. We got to remember that they are human. Yeah, no, no, no. I don't like to use it. I believe this that the Raiders clearly quit on, on Thursday. When did they Everybody quit? Though quit. I would say after the second half. Yeah, they quit. You have clearly not seen a clear position where you could see say the Niners had quit. So uh, we got the first touchdown in the third quarter. Yeah, 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 essentially. Um, So we're almost out of time here. Before we get out of time, um, I'm going to go ahead and let you go uh, game both. You can go one offense, Uh, one defense, two offense, two defense. One offense, one defense. Well, I mean, I mean, I almost feel like a cheating to use Nick Mullen, so I'm gonna I'm gonna go against the grain. I'm gonna go with George Kittle just for the simple fact he's still beasting, still like top two, three in the league right now. Uh, I'm not even sure. I guess you can throw the PFF grade in there, but uh, he's like he has Travis Kelsey beat him for I believe over a hundred yards or uh, yards after the catch. Seems like he's a top five tight end that's still keeping this offense going. Obviously, had a, he was part of the reason I think why the Raiders ended up quitting. He single-handedly pretty much just got us down there and scored the touchdown yeah. himself, and I think that pretty much wrapped it up. So, uh, kudos George Kittle. Obviously, we could have lost his ass for the year. Remember in preseason he got in a separated shoulder? Imagine if he actually got on IR before the season started. Oh, my God. Huge. Huge, right? 
future so his, development, his, actually, the things been the, going the way they are because he's been a focal point. Um, so this week yeah. it was a 93 grade from P, uh, Pro Football Focus, and overall it's a – I just seen it uh, – 97.4. Or yeah, 97.4. We'll, we'll have to bring him in the Pro Bowl, absolutely, for sure. Yeah. Maybe we can sneak him out as a starter. If he's not – if he's not a starter, he's alternate. You know, so if you see maybe whoever, maybe Kelsey. Well, I'm trying to think. Who's the uh, who's 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 other best tight end in the NFC? AFC, let's just say Kelsey Gronk, whatever. NFC. Uh, Greg Olson? Mm, Panthers? Greg I, Olson? Yeah, I mean, yeah, not bad, I guess. I mean, there's the Rudolph. There's, uh, you know, guys like Ertz and uh, – What's it called? It almost yeah, sounds to me that hey, we, can, we have an opportunity to get Kittle to be a starter. Yeah, I, I think so. I, and if he's not a starter, if you one of those the 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 the, the team that second shit. He, well, he he's going to be second. I guarantee he'll be second. And if let's just say for example, it's you know if the the team that has the starter is in the Super Bowl. I think it was, basically George Kittle will be the first. If he's not the starter, he'll be the first one to go in. If I the can starter see that is. for sure. Um, um, ahead, and then my defensive this. one. Shoot. I guess I'll give it to a Keller Witherspoon. Just for the simple fact, I felt like he was a really important guy. People were talking about taking a cornerback in the first round and this and that. It's like, dude, pump that effing brakes. We all know that edge rushing has been a big issue. So uh, to see him, to see him be healthy, everybody was kind of shitting on him. Pardon my language when he was kind of partially injured, and uh, you know, once again, kind of be human. I feel like he got down a little bit. Anyways, Sean back to back weeks. I think it's very important. Keep a close eye on him. You know, hopefully he yeah. locks down the number two spot, and you know, we add a couple of edge rushers this upcoming off season, and uh, you know, we don't have to address cornerback that high. And then once again, there's Tavares Moore also in the wing as well. So uh, exactly. I'll go with the killer. Yeah, that, that that's a good call. That 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 that's a good call, Adam. Uh, offensively, okay, I'll go with um, I'll go with McMullen, <laughs> just because you did it. I feel one of us should. It, it, it. But, for sure. Um, hey, well deserved. Well, you know, happy for the guy. I'll, I'll take back my I'll take back my Nick Mullins one just because you know you didn't take it, so I'm not gonna take it. Just I'll go with Raheem Mostert just off the simple yeah. fact that it was heartbreaking to see what he went through. It really was. Like, literally, I believe yeah. it was the next play after he scored his touchdown was when he broke his arm, I believe. Right. Here's I another believe quick thing. I know we're all getting close out of time. Like, imagine dealing with all these injuries and you were in the playoff. Line. Imagine how disappointing that would be. Like, at least now when you kind of see these things happen, yeah. you're like, you know what, Raheem will be ready next year. It doesn't hurt as much. You know what I mean? Exactly, exactly, exactly. Um, and then, okay, so last one, uh, defensively, I'll go. I'm gonna give it to Cassius Marsh. I, I was high going on Cassius Marsh going into the season, and to see him, I believe, finally get to use um, his ability to basically be a all gas player, and and right. you know, no get no breaks with this player, and right. th- that being the position where quarterbacks are actually trying to throw the ball. And not having mm-hmm. to be, you know, teams trying to run it down my throat. I, I'm not going to say that he's going to two and a half sacks. He's the next Alton Smith. I think that, I think that half a sack, I'll give him credit. A, a, a sack to a sack and a half, I'll give him credit for. The second 
one and a half, second one. I'll say it was more the fact that the Raiders were obviously had left had to do some shifting on their offensive line. But I sure. think Castle Martin is a good enough player that can get you a sack every couple games. I I can see Castle Martin. For sure. Being, uh, I think my projection for him before the season started was like I think I had him at like six and a half, seven and a half, one of those two, if I'm not mistaken. So pretty much he had one every two games is was kind of my deal. I think he's at three. Also had three tackles. I mean, throw that, throw that in there. Warner had seven tackles. You know, good to see him. He had a good game. So three sacks over nine games. That's one every three games. So that's about six and a half, five and a half sacks. Yeah, about what you would expect. All right, Adam. Yeah, that's about uh, As always, my man. Always, always. Thank you so much for having me on. I really appreciate it. No problem. Uh, so next week we'll, we'll we'll do same time, but uh, since we got Monday night, I'm gonna be at Empire Row. So I figured we kind of do a little another um, pregame type of um, type of show. Yeah, that'd be cool. Let me know what's up. I'll definitely be, probably be available for it. I'll hit you know let you know what's up, bro. Uh, we'll talk to you next week. All right, man. Thank you so much for having me on. Go Niners. All right, y'all. Thank you, everybody, for listening. I got to get up out of here. I'm actually surprised that things let me continue this. But um, I shall see y'all next week. Till then, peace, faith, love, and happiness. And um, go Niners.